I say the Rose Petal is a community project because there's so many people who write, you know, and they help people write, and uh, they want to get on, you know, they want to be seen. Uh, I just there's so many people that help along the way. You have the All Negro Wave, you have Coach T, you have the haters, you have all these judges. I mean, the guys who've actually been roasted on stage: Dave Chappelle, Russell Peters, Too Short. That, that show's ridiculous. I mean, you talk about the names: Jim Carrey came. Chappelle, obviously, Bill Burr, David Tell, Sarah Silverman. Uh, the actual Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Balfour came. Wow. Yeah, nuts, man. Just crazy <laughs> shit. It's nuts. Hot breath. Oh, snap. Welcome back. This is your favorite podcast. Hot breath. <gasps> and I'm your favorite host, Joel Byers. And today's guest will soon be one of your favorites. This guy has created a Comedy Central show from the ground up in just three years. So you're going to tune in and hear how he did that. Started from the bottom, now we're here. But first, I must inform you of Comedy Binge. This is the world's first online comedy festival. You're listening because you're clearly a comedy fan. So why not hop aboard a festival that's actually making a difference? You know, a lot of these festivals just trying to take your money. But Comedy Binge is trying to connect you directly with industry via the internet. I'm surprised this hasn't been done before, but Brian Salmon has put together a -a one-of-a-kind opportunity for you comedians out there, new and old. And if you go to ComedyBinge.co, use promo code HOTBREATH, you get five bucks off. The festival is going to be headlined by Comedy Central alum, NBC Last Comic Standing alum, Hot Breath alum, Rob Hayes, so get to be on a bill with him. And you just get an opportunity to um, be a part of a, a new and emerging market. So ComedyBinge.co, promo code Hot Breath, get five bucks off. The festival's October 29th, so it's just around the corner. Registration actually ends at the end of August, so go ahead and grab a spot where they're still available. I know they've been moving fast because this is really a, a one-of-a-kind opportunity. So definitely take advantage of that. One last time, ComedyBinge.co, promo code HOTBREATH. Get five bucks off and take control of your comedy. Today. I know I added that last part. But if you'd also like to up your comedy game, you could hop aboard my comedy class. You know, I teach a class over at Highwire Comedy Company here in Atlanta. We're about to move into a 7,000-square-foot comedy complex, so you want to get on board now. We teach stand-up, sketch, improv, so just pick your favorite. My favorite stand-up. I have taken the sketch and improv. They're worthwhile as well, but my stand-up class has been worthwhile. We actually are down to two spots left. So if you're interested, go to highwirecomedy.com, snag your spot today, or joelbyerscomedy.com. There's a link on there as well, but definitely... Join one of those comedy classes. This is really the Hogwarts of comedy in Atlanta. So highwirecomedy.com. Pick your favorite and take the leap. And thank you for taking the leap and time to join us today on Hot Breath because my guest, I'm very excited to say, is the one, the only, the bodacious Brian Moses. Bemos, as we call him out here in these streets. We actually linked up at uh, Just for Laughs in Montreal recently. He is the host of what has really been taking the comedy world by storm, Roast Battle, ladies and gentlemen. If you're a comedy fan and haven't seen this, you got to just type in Roast Battle in your Google search bar, watch a clip, and then come back and hear the origin story of this groundbreaking show because it is quite 
amazing. And I make sure Brian takes us on the whole journey from this being created to uh, prevent two comics from fist fighting. He's like, instead of fighting, why don't you just write roast jokes? Three years later, it's not only one of the most, if not the most popular show at the Comedy Store in L.A., but it is also now the most popular show at Just for Laughs in Montreal and Comedy Central. In three years, this guy took the show from just an idea to a Comedy Central show. How did he do it? That's why you're tuning in. So thank you so much for taking the time. Brian is super nice, super generous with information and just how he did it because it's really another example of just that DIY comedy. People blazing their own trail, creating their own success. And that's what comedy is all about now. I mean, you all have the tools. That's why I have stuff like, you know, Comedy Binge because that is a festival that's actually giving you the driver's seat to steer your own career. So thank you, Brian, for such an inspirational interview. And I I think I've built it up enough. I think you guys are ready to rock. Um, thank you so much. If you enjoy this, please, you're already on iTunes, most of you, so just slide on over. Click five stars or just a little message letting us know you liked us. So that really goes a long way, and your listens go a long way, and your word of mouth. If you don't go to iTunes, tell a friend, hey, man, I heard this awesome episode with Brian Moses. He taught us how he built his own Comedy Central show. Kaboom. Kaboom, kabeem, kaboom. Ah, with that exhale, it is time, ladies and gentlemen, to enter the hot breath verse With a hot breath... <sighs> And Brian Moses. Yo, what up? Oh, man. Love these mics. Thanks, man. Yeah. Hot breath podcast. Welcome. Go ahead and check, check. Check, check. I sound good. You sound great, man. You don't even know. You have no headphones in. It's perfect. (laughs) It's perfect. With these mics and. Yeah. Your radio voice. Yes, it is. It's going to be good. These copper tender. I like this. Yeah, they just look fancy. So people yeah, they do. They look great. Give comedians a shiny object to look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. Thanks for doing this first off, man. This is uh, you taking the time out here. This is kind of, you know, we're out here in Montreal. This mm-hmm. is, you know, if you could just say your full name to the mic. My too. name is Brian Moses. All right. 61-160-165 on a good day. Uh, caramel brown eyes. Long eyelashes, uh, eight and a half inch cock. Go ahead. All right. Well, thank you, Brian Moses, et cetera. All those other things. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> For being on Hot Breath, man. This is a <laughs> it's a great name, man. <laughs> you like the name? I love it. That's it's, what's up, yeah, man. It makes me think of the morning. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is two in the afternoon, but I'm glad I could get you out of bed for this. Yeah, I didn't go to bed till 7 a.m., so this is, uh, yeah, it helps me get out of bed and move around a little bit. I appreciate it. Yeah, I have noticed that in Montreal, that bedtime, there isn't really one. No. It's, it's, the party <laughs> goes all night. Our show doesn't even end until 2 in the morning. So yeah, yeah, man. And it's just and it's an adrenaline rush all night, so it takes me forever to get to sleep. I can imagine you've just been going around this festival. We're at Just for Laughs, I mean, pretty much the most prestigious festival in the world. Yeah. And uh, your show is like the main event. you got to be floating, man. Uh, right. You know what? I will be on Sunday, Sunday night uh-huh. after the show, because that's a live broadcast. I've never done live television before, uh-huh. uh, so there's no safety net. <laughs> so I think after that one, I'll be uh, I'll be floating a little bit. But these yeah, these these first three tapings have been uh, special, and uh, 
it's it's exciting. Have you done TV before? I've never made anything that was on air, so this is my first on air broadcast. Yeah, and it's got to be fulfilling. This growing from really just what was it? Just two guys almost yeah, got in a fight. It was an then, open mic. I yeah. uh, I started this open mic in the belly room uh, at the comedy store. It's like in the it's upstairs. We call it the attic. Mm. And uh, yeah, it was like maybe a few months in, and these two guys want to fight each other. And uh, I was like, hey, slap box. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I wanted to actually fight. But uh, <laughs> they just installed cameras at the comedy store, so I was like, oh, I can't lose this room. I just got it. So then uh, I said, you know, how about this? You guys just, how about instead of slap boxing, we'll have like a, a boxing match, but you guys just like, you know, trade jokes back and forth, you know, like fight with your words, that kind of thing. Uh-huh. And uh, they didn't do it at first because the kid wasn't 21, but he's like, well, you know, I'm 21 next Wednesday. I'm going to come back and I'm going to beat your ass. So then it took like two weeks and then they fought verbally yeah. was it successful no it was terrible <laughs> it was, i know who won but it was terrible <laughs> they were all terrible for like months so really yeah because it was a new sport you know nobody really knew what they were doing yeah and i guess was the was the audience always there or was that terrible too no you know what it was always, it was a popular mic so there was there was a comedic audience there you know it was mm-hmm. after midnight usually we did it uh so it was after everybody set so they'd all come and like try to get a spot and then they watch this because you know it's it's fun to really kill your peers so yeah yeah uh, yeah, it was it was busy in that sense, and when, then we knew it was busy. Uh, I want to say the week before Christmas, 2013, it was a roast writer Benji Aflalo versus uh, Yasser Lester, who writes for Girls on the Carmichael Show and mm-hmm. everything. Uh, and they battled each other, and then Jeff Ross. That was the first time he came to the show, and that thing was insanely sold out. It was like it was the fire marshal was like he was called. It was nuts. Wow. Uh, but yeah, that was from then on. It's always been like a sold out crazy thing where you can't even like it's standing room only. It's hot. It's it, it's uncomfortable. It's claustrophobic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've been yeah, there. I remember it's, that. Yeah, crazy. <laughs> it was. It's probably. I would say when I saw that show, it blew my mind. I gotta say, just the production of mm-hmm. it is insane, man. There are so many moving parts, but it's so efficient. Like there's there had to have been a learning curve. Right. It that. wasn't always like that. Obviously, you know yeah. that, that just takes weeks and you know i guess now years of practice but uh-huh. uh yeah i it's just i'm spinning plates everybody else is doing their job there's so much funny in that room and there's so many elements you know of of comedy i even just stand up that are happening there's sound effects there's yeah. improv there's setup and punch you know there's there's uh, off the cuff stuff you know what i mean there's mm. racism there's yeah. sexism there's xenophobia there's misogyny it's it's all, everything you can want you know it's, it's such a carnal pleasure that room uh, so we're literally, it's just a point guard mentality I have is like the curator of the show just to pass the ball around and just let guys just dunk on everybody. Mm-hmm. And that, it just feels like a dunk contest in that sense, I guess. And like there's there's the wave and then there's like the hater, right. the hater panel right. and then the judges as well. Like right. what, what were some ideas you had maybe in the beginning that you ended up taking out? Like what were some of like the... Well, there, it was an organic thing. Uh, oh, okay. Even the hater thing. I know uh, the comedy store had this talent booker who was known to be a little racist. <laughs> Actually racist. Right. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And uh, so the the popular thing to do around the club was to kind of mimic him. And uh, the best guy to do that was Earl Skakel. He had the best voice for that. Mm. And he was really good at it. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, he would be next to the judges, basically, but almost upstaging them because he was so funny because the room knew him so well. You know, it was such an inside joke and everybody loved it. So then uh, Jeff suggested that he move and get his own section. And we call it the whites only section. So wow. we did that for a little bit, and then we got in trouble. <laughs> so then we stopped calling him the house racist and started calling him the house hater. And then, uh, so he was always pretty much there. And uh-huh. then, um, then my buddy from high school, 
who became a teacher and then he quit his job and was like, I'm moving to LA. I was like, well, hey, I got this room if you ever want to just like, you know, you know, bring up DJing again. So then he came and that's Coach T. Oh, man. And that guy is, he's incredible. Without him, I don't think, he literally is the lifeblood of that show to me. Yeah, man. And then the wave is the special sauce. Now they literally almost came at the same time, the DJ and the wave. It was an organic thing where Jamar Neighbors just started doing the wave like you would do at a baseball, football, mm -hmm. hockey, basketball game. And then uh, like a bunch of other black dudes were doing it with them. So I was just like, is that an all nigga wave? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know black guys swam. And they were just like, whoa. And then they were born. And then they just started, uh, and then they kind of, they whittled down to those three guys. And then, uh, yeah, now they're just this gorilla sketch team. It was all Negro wave, but there's a mm -hmm. white guy. Was he right. like added later for Definitely. diversity? Definitely. <laughs> Hence the name all nigga wave. And then he came in. So it's, it's part of their diversity program. Another part of the show is, First off, you were right about the DJ, man. Yeah. Like, I don't think I noticed him as much when I did at the comedy store, mm -hmm. but especially here in Montreal, just like his timing. Right. Like, it is, it's right. such a texture of the show that really makes it almost yeah. like cartoon-like. It's insane what he does. He's the, he's the quickest man with two hands behind those turntables. I've never seen anything like it. I mean, because of licensing, we can't really have all the things that we can do in the belly room, you know, mm -hmm. or like untelevised shows. Mm -hmm. uh, but... He's still nice, even with all the restrictions he has for this show. But outside of that, if you ever come see a live show, you're going to lose your mind when you hear what that guy can do. <laughs> Seriously, he's fucking special. And that was your high school friend that linked him up? Yeah. Okay. Nuts? Yeah, he was, he was a DJ in, uh, he would DJ in high school, and I would try to rap or whatever, whatever that is. <laughs> oh, you were a rapper. I was not a rapper. I, oh. I think, yeah, we did one thing together, and I was like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> But uh, we always remained in touch because he was a close, you know, we were close and we always we would watch comedy together. Like we watched Chappelle or Martin Lawrence or, you know, uh, rock or, you know, basically all your black comics. And, uh -huh. then, yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah, he went off and uh, went to college and you know, I did my thing and got a girl pregnant. And oh, she lost. It doesn't matter. But I'm saying, yeah, we, we split ways. And uh, I got weird. <laughs> <laughs> got to go pregnant. Yeah, you got to go. She didn't have the baby, everybody. So ladies out there, I don't have any kids. Oh, OK. That I know of. Um, but yeah, he's uh, he's been with me since for a couple of years now, and that guy's I, I couldn't do without him. I mean, I, I don't know what I was doing before we got him. Yeah. So you were you were a rap? Did you do rap battling? Like no, I've always been a fan though. I've always been a fan of rap battles. You know, mm -hmm. I think it's such a great sport. I remember when I was younger, I was like, God, I would love to bring rap battles to like ESPN or ESPN two because I think it's such a sport. Like the spelling bee is, you know, what I mean, yeah. or the World Series of Poker is. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, and then this thing kind of happened, and it's it's a sport. It's like it's comedy sport. Yeah. So, and I don't think a lot of people realize like I've I've done like roast competitions before, but it yeah. was more like uh, like joning. Like right. you know, I mean, I would always write for him, but it right. was pretty much Off people just go up there, "Oh, look at your shoes." Yeah, you know? your mama this, yeah, your but face like, that. I don't think people realize like, if if you get hit with mm -hmm. you you really are like concussed. Right. Like I think that was something somebody <laughs> said. Yeah, David Spade yeah. said that. He's like, I've <laughs> never seen anybody in comedy have a concussion. That's like live. That's crazy. It really does like rattle you. Yeah. Like people don't get these other oh, just words having fun. Like mm -hmm. it hits your soul. Right. Especially where your people go, man. <laughs> yeah. This is uh, and this is why I say this is different from all those other things. Like this isn't you know it's. It's I guess it's adding a new foundation on you know your your classic uh, what's that called uh, playing the dozens or your mama right. or Jonan or snapping right. or that kind of thing you know bagging on people mm -hmm. you know this is this is roast battling so literally you're taking a, a, an old school element like the uh, the Friars Club roast and you're adding it to a the the hip hop rap battle element you know what I mean so you have to write jokes if you don't write this is a joke writer <laughs> showcase performance yeah. really helps but if you don't have the jokes to back it up you're gonna you're gonna get concussed. 
yeah. And scarred yeah. as well. I mean, these guys, are they're going personal. I mean, if you saw what happened to Ralphie Mae last night. Yeah, man. They're going so personal. <laughs> it, it hurts somebody's soul. I mean, I've never seen anybody hit, get stunned like that. It was crazy. And the people take it personally. Wasn't there like a shooting after one of them? No. That, I, listen. Okay. <laughs> that shooting had nothing to do with the Rose battle. Okay. That man was murdered because that's just the way life is sometimes. Yeah, that had nothing to do with us. That just happened to be at the comedy store that night. Okay, cool. Because yeah. I, I came in like the week after that, and I was yeah. like, what am I getting myself into? Yeah, we were just making shot. fun of it because it was funny. Yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like we were upstairs, yeah. You know, some girl was killing, and they were just like, oh, my God, somebody died downstairs. Because yeah. <laughs> it was, it was gang-related. It had nothing to do with oh, the Oh, okay, battle. cool. Well, what else? What else is awesome about it is, I guess, just the how it happened organically mm-hmm. And just the people getting involved organically, like was Jeff Ross somebody you reached out to, or was that organic as well? You know what? Uh, Jeff Ross had an he had an ex girlfriend who was a comic, and uh, she was roast battling, and she was really good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we were like, "Hey, you know, would you bring Jeff by to judge?" And then <laughs> she was just like, "I'll ask." And then uh, initially he turned it down, and just by chance he came the night that he turned it down. I was like, "Hey, can you do this night?" And he's like, "Ah, I'm gonna be out of town." Because I knew him because we had been friends before. Because I'm uh, I'm real close friends with Sarah Silverman, so cool. I met him through that. And then uh, yeah, so I reached out to him through email. He said I couldn't he couldn't do it, but then he happened to show up on that night, and we were down a judge, so he just kind of filled in, and that's all she wrote after that. That night he came up to you afterwards and was like, "Hey, man." The next day he emailed me. He's like, "I want to make this a TV show." Wow. Yeah. So we've been really pushing at this for three years trying to make this a tv show and you succeeded finally fucking did it <laughs> what was the how did you sell it to comedy central what was the pitch you know initially they they turned it down like two or three times they just didn't mm. like the the uh the format we were doing in the belly room because the belly room we do it's a little longer you know there's three rounds compared to on television it's one round um so they didn't really get it it wasn't really translating the wave was crazy back then uh <laughs> like yeah just things disorganized. were just they didn't know it they did, we didn't know how to sell it, you know, so uh, they didn't know how to sell it. Right. If, if I don't if the guys trying to sell don't know how to, then how are they going to sell it, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, it took us being at the Just for Last Festival last year to sell it because it, I guess it translates more as a tournament, you know, than, a, uh, than just, hey, these two guys are going to fight tonight. Almost like a celebrity death match, but we have no celebrities. Uh-huh. So if it's a tournament, you know, like, uh, like sports... You know, you don't. Have, you can have a bunch of unknowns. You know, you don't need people who are like known names. It helps, but you don't really need it as a tournament because then it's just compelling. That's what was cool about it is seeing, uh, like somebody like uh, Jimmy Carr, mm-hmm. who huge, huge, uh, literally like epically huge everywhere but America. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, everywhere but it matters. Yeah. <laughs> and then somebody like the the Eric. Oh, what Evan Eric? The guy. He's in the semifinals. Um, who was the hater? Oh, Earl Skakel. Earl, Earl Skakel. Yeah, he's our yeah. house hater. Right. Who's like, um, who's in the semifinals, mm-hmm. who's unknown, but been doing right. comedy. Yeah. So it is almost, I mean, not like a Tonight Show in that sense, but yeah. it really is like you're you're popping people off. I feel like this is going to be something where people try this just to be discovered. Absolutely. It's a new lane, you know. Yeah. It's, it's creating jobs for people. It's creating careers for people. I mean, Earl's been doing stand-up and, you know, he's been in the comedy game for about 18 years. Mm. And this is, like, his first big break, you know. And it's going to be huge for him. You know, and, and everybody's loving him. And and rightfully so. The guy has been under, you know, like under, I guess, the, you know, the watchful eye of America's rock or whatever for so long. So now it's like to see this guy get some shine. It's It just makes you smile. Is that something you planned going into it? Because I've heard I've heard you mention before, like you want it to be like a community yeah. project. It is. It that's what I call it. it. I say the Rose Battle is a community project because there's so many people who write, you know, and they help people write, and uh, they want to get on, you know, they want to be seen, 
Uh, I just there's so many people that help along the way. You have the All Negro Wave. You have Coach T. You have the haters. You have all these judges. It's just you know it's it wouldn't be popular without the people who, who want to come every week. You know who come and like oh you know instead of doing mics or you know doing spots they come to see the show. Yeah. So it is a community project in that sense. And the audience is a character. Exactly. Like. Yeah. They're like uh, like the sandworm and Beetlejuice. You know what I mean? Or like mm-hmm. the uh, what is that the the black the black smoke and, and lost that like eats people whatever. <laughs> That's kind of why they say the audience is because they will eat you a fucking live. They're so great. Was the battle chant something that organically happened, or was that from the beginning? That was that was, that was organic too. I don't even know how that happened. I think we just started chanting battle because it was so fun, and it just that's what makes it feel like a hip hop concert. You're just like, or like a, a punk rock concert. It's <laughs> like you might get punched in the face. <laughs> it's intimidating. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Even being in the audience, you're like, all right, something could pop off yeah. at any moment right now. Yeah, like, did I bring my gun with me because I probably should have. <laughs> What was it like? Last year was the first year you did it at Montreal, right? So what was that? What was that show like? I know like Chappelle mm-hmm. was there, which is mind blowing, right? But well, like, Chappelle's a regular man at the at the yeah, roast battle, yeah, in L.A. and and he was here last year, yeah. Has he ever done the show? Yeah, he got roasted one time. It was oh, great. yeah, it was uh, got my buddies uh, P. Carnacion and Joe Dosh, and uh, it he was judging in L.A. in the belly room. It went to overtime. And then uh, it was just too, still too close to call. So he was like, well, how about you guys just roast me off the cuff? And then, you know, whoever does the best will win. Wow. So, yeah, that was, that was an incredible experience. I mean, the guys who've actually been roasted on stage, Dave Chappelle, Russell Peters, Too Short. Uh, I think those are the biggest names we've had. But, uh-huh. yeah, I mean, just get roasted on stage by the comics. But that show's ridiculous. I mean, you talk about the names. Jim Carrey came. Chappelle, obviously. Bill Burr, David Tell, Sarah Silverman. Uh, the actual Wolf of Wall Street, Jordan Balfour came. Wow. Yeah, nuts, man. Just crazy <laughs> shit. Yeah, the Dodgers came, like Clayton Kershaw on those guys. It's nuts. What was the show like here last year? Because I'm seeing it this year, yeah. and you're on a Comedy Central set, mm-hmm. and this isn't like... Completely different. They, Completely yeah, what different. was it? It was a... Because uh, that's a jazz hall that we're playing in, so it mm. looks... When we were playing last year, it was a big stage that then you know, like a big band could play on into this like linoleum floored, you know, just two-top high table you know audience you know uh-huh. with the mezzanine and uh it was much different last year it was great last year but it was much different but it was awesome i mean jimmy carr won last year you had uh lunel was battling you had a uh, big comics from australia uh canada those kind of guys and then you had like our regulars like tony hinchcliffe saratiana they were here um and the celebrities that came was, was nuts it, it got to a point where uh that room seats about 350 and then we got it to 500 one night and uh the fire marshal got called and people couldn't get in like Michael Che couldn't get in Bridget Everett couldn't get in that kind of thing just because it was it was too crammed uh but yeah it was it was a slow build over days and people were just like you got to go see this show you got to go see what they're saying about it. it's crazy because it is crazy it, yeah you know? that's I mean if if you don't believe it all you gotta do is see a clip of Kevin Hart right who was just like what is wait what, what? what? he had yeah. to stop the show he's like what is happening yeah. right now this is the biggest comedic <laughs> superstar on the planet right yeah. now and he's like yo guys I yeah. don't know what is going on right yeah. now. Yeah, Louis C.K. is just in the audience. He was chilling out. in the audience. Yeah. yeah. That's nuts. Judd Apatow yeah, is just chilling. Yeah. I mean, there's, I mean, you could literally anybody connected to comedy mm-hmm. that made it, these aren't even name drop. These are literally just people. It's people in the audience who yeah. are just, just fans of the show now. Right? And it's not even connected to a name. Like, it's literally the, the idea right. is what has got all this traction. Right. That's what's so beautiful about it. Yeah, so, I, you know, I even say last year, this is why I say it's a community project as well. Again, people are helping, you know, like last year especially, it was Jimmy Carr got to the finals against Matt Broussard, who lost against Matt, uh, Mike Lawrence in the first mm-hmm. round this year. 
But I remember last year, uh, the buzz going around was like, oh, we got to help Jimmy get jokes. He's not who Matt is. Matt, you know, needs some help with Jimmy. And so, like, Louis C.K. was writing jokes for, you know, what? Jimmy Carr. Yeah, man, that's what I'm saying. It's a community project. It's like everybody is touching this thing. Everybody. Like, you know, Chappelle's out there. You know, he's spitting jokes. It's crazy. It's <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> you must be, like, pinching yourself, man. Like, I don't know what to do right now, man. It's uh, It's been quite the ride, you know. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's um, it's something new. I feel like I know it's an old concept, but there's so many new elements. You know yeah. what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's uh, I don't pinch myself. It's more um, I you know what? I don't even know what the word is actually. It's just uh, I'm just enjoying the ride. Why do you think it's been so successful, really, so quickly? Good question, Joel. Uh, because I think there's so much love involved in it. You know, it, it, it's uh, it's a mean spirited show, but really the underlying factor, and this is from Jeff Ross, is at the end of every battle we hug. So really, at the end of the day, it's like it's like karate, you know, like at the mm. end of every karate match. Yeah. You got to shake the guy's hand, that kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. UFC, same thing. Boxing, same thing. So, you know, at underlying it all, it's like it's a competition, but it's like leave it all out on the stage. And after that, you know, you guys can be friends at the end. Your competitors on the stage. But after that, you guys are friends. How has Comedy Central been with it? Are they hands off and like just it's organic? Just Joel, let it? I mean, if you've seen it, I mean, we're we're doing anything. We they haven't censored us yet, mm. you know. I mean, yeah. live anyway. Right. Uh, they they have they've given us no restrictions. They've given us every opportunity. Uh, they want it to be as raw as possible. They want to be flies on the wall. They just kind of want the magic they saw last year in Montreal translate to television this year. So I don't know if it's doing next. I haven't seen any of the episodes, but it's been a lot of fun to, to do the live shows. The the set alone, man. Right. Like they are, they're not messing around. Right. The promotion behind yeah. this, they're they're putting the machine behind this show. Right. I mean, yeah. Dodge Taco Bell. It's like, did you guys know what you like bought? You know what I mean? Or you, you guys know what you're sponsoring? I mean, Jesus. I mean, we saw a 9/11 bit from the wave <laughs> from a guy who lied about being in the World Trade Center. We had a uh, we had a white guy pretending he was a cop shoot two black guys. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, yeah, we had my Michael Jackson. I mean, these guys, they do, my, my, one of my favorite bits still is uh, when they did the reenactment of uh, Malcolm X getting assassinated. <laughs> they did Jesus Christ crowd surfing on the cross. It, <laughs> hey, those guys are incredible, man. Do, the, do those guys rehearse or is it all like it's improvised? It's all improv. It's, all of that's yeah, improvised. Yeah, I mean, they, they, may have, they may have ideas for each other, right. but for the most part, they're just coming up off the cuff like, oh, we're going to do this, let's do it. Yeah. And they just commit. They're the best. They that yeah. <laughs> they are the best. I mean, I know people hate them on like social media because maybe it's not translating to television. But you, I just hope you guys come see it live because there's nothing like watching the wave live. I mean, you'll you'll get it. They're, they're, what's going to end up happening is they're going to end up having their own spinoff. I hope so. Happen, I man. really hope so. Those guys are way <laughs> too talented to not you know continue their television careers. They're so good, and you know they're all successful in their own right. I mean, Willie Hunter's who's in it. He's the light-skinned dude, uh, not the white one, but the light-skinned black dude. He's a, a creator and writer on the uh, Carmichael show on NBC. Wow. Jamar Neighbors, the buff one with the muscles, mm-hmm. the dark one, uh, not the white one. Uh, he's been in Keanu. He's been on the Carmichael show. He's got a really, really, really dope album that Questlove and Chris Rock love. Uh, and then, Jer- you know, Jeremiah, he tours with all the biggest names in comedy, and he's been in a few movies. Yeah. He's, he's the white one. Yeah, with the hair. <laughs> right. Yeah, he, he's on Jimmy Kimmel as well. Right, exactly. Who was, so. I guess, also, who was a judge last night, actually. Right. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, Jimmy Kimmel, Seth Rogen. Yeah. The, the names are stupid, I know. It doesn't even, like, yeah. you. It's the name drop podcast. <laughs> but it's, I feel like nothing, There's there hasn't been anything like this. Like, I, I, 
I don't know if you're creating a new format. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I really don't even know how to right. process it right It's hard to explain it right, it right now because I, I don't think we can. I mean, you. I mean, I, at first I wanted to, like, you know, I guess attribute it to, oh, this is like your mom or this is like snaps or this is like whatever it is. But it's not like that. This really is a new sport. Mm -hmm. And I think we had to embrace that. And I think we're all just trying to figure out how to, you know. I mean, Jeff Ross has, obviously, but I think the rest of us are, like, still trying to wrap our brains around, God, I can't believe this is giving us a career. You know? But I, th I think, like you said, the love, and it's more of a right. community. It's a competitive, but it's right. also very sympathetic. I mean, Joel, this is on four different continents. I'm sorry, three continents, four countries. It's in South Africa. It's in Australia. There's two shows in Australia. Mm -hmm. There's one show in South Africa. There's, I want to say, six shows in Canada. And then there's, like, 30 or something like that in America. You know, so it really is a movement. Yeah. It's, it's taken over. I mean, comedy clubs love doing it. You know what I mean? Comics love doing it, you know? Because comedy is, you know, especially starting out in stand-up, it's like going to all the open mics. It's so competitive, you know? There's yeah. so many stand-up so stand comedy competitions. Mm -hmm. So this is a chance to be like, fuck you. I'm firing you. <laughs> I'm going to tell you why. I'm going to tell you why because about you. That kind of thing. So You had it open up for Chappelle, too, right? Yeah. You yeah. before in his shows? We opened up for Chappelle one time. It was fucking nuts. <laughs> it was terrifying because we went on right before him. And we went after Hannibal Burris and Jeez. Ian Edwards and Donnell Rawlings. I mean, all those guys crushed. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, and then to go after those guys, and we're just like setting up our table, like, <laughs> give us a second, guys. <laughs> and they're just like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> and then literally the first joke hits, and it's like, you know, something about this, this guy's girlfriend, and the crowd goes nuts, you know? So it's, it's trial tested, battle tested. Do you have a history with like community? Like, where, where did this kind of ins inspiration come from? Uh, I, uh, I worked at the comedy store uh, for, gosh, man, uh, since I started stand-up. So, like, eight years, I guess, I've been working at both of the comedy stores, uh, one in the San Diego area, that's mm -hmm. La Jolla, and then in Hollywood for six years. And uh, at places like CBGB, what I mean by that, it's a very do-it-yourself do thing. You know, like, the inmates run the asylum, so really we have to set up the shows, we have to do the sound, you know, we have to make sure the mics work, you know, we have to make sure the tables are set, we seat the people, we take the tickets. So wow. it's like we know how to set up a show. So from that, I was like, you know, I want to set up a mic because they took away one of the open mic nights at the comedy store. So less of the guys I knew who were really good weren't getting stage time at a place I thought they should have been getting stage time. Oh, okay. So I was like, you know what? I want my boys to get more stage time and I want them to be seen around the spot. You know what I mean? Especially just congregating around the way it kind of, you know, infuses a culture at that place. Because that place was kind of dead, the comedy store. And I was like, maybe this mic can maybe help change the culture a little bit. And uh, fuck, man, it happened. Yeah. yeah. Change the culture of arguably the most historic comedy yeah. mecca on the planet as yeah. well. <laughs> Joe Rogan told me it brought him back to uh, the comedy store. He wasn't he wasn't there for seven years. He was banned, but then the ban was lifted, and he just was like, I'm not coming back to that place. And then he heard about the Rose Battle and then told me personally. He's like, that show brought me back to the comedy store. Wow. Yeah, I love that dude. Yeah, that was that, that meant a lot to me, you know. And then everybody that sees it, I mean, they're just, nobody said a bad thing about it, you know. Yeah. So I knew we had something then. Like, everybody's coming through, like, it's not, it's not too mean. You know, it's it's not, it's not, you know, underproduced. Like they, it's, it seems like it's just got just the right recipe. Have you done it yet? No, I'll, no, I don't no? think I'll ever. I mean, <laughs> maybe for charity, but I'm terrified of that thing. Those, <laughs> those who can't roast host. So I'm just gonna stick to the. I can feel you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I've, I've done some roast before. You know, I've been mm -hmm. roasted, but yeah, that's uh, that roast battle's terrifying. You did rapping early on. Were you, would you do like Jonin yeah. and stuff as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. I mean, like you know. We're, we all, all we do is, you know, insult each other. You know what I mean? Cause that's, I guess that's where the love comes from, you know? Mm -hmm. I think uh, we're all football or hockey players in that sense where it's like we have to be hit first to really accept each other. You know, it's like, oh, yeah. all right, I can yeah. absorb that hit. Cool, <laughs> you're my boy. Now come on over here. 
what are your you, you come from a military family mm-hmm. so like yeah. how how did they kind of respond to you saying like did you go to college no i no. uh i went to a community college and okay. uh, i finished my first year and uh i'm technically a sophomore so if there's any colleges listening who want to accept me <laughs> i'm willing to get my honorary degree <laughs> so like you go to a you're in a military family and then you go to a community college for a year and then i guess drop out for comedy or what yeah you know what it was uh it was getting expensive so i was uh-huh. like you know uh and yeah i was it's like what i was like, kind of just floating around you know hadn't job had jobs didn't have jobs that kind of thing and then uh i was in a community college class it was a uh sexual psychology and instead of like writing uh essays me and these guys would like do like sketches you know and then people seemed to like them and those guys were like hey man you should do stand-up comedy and i was like <laughs> fucking right i should <laughs> And then you get your balls beating a couple of times. You're uh-huh. like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but it's it's having to work out. You drew pictures of sexual psychology? No, no, I, t- I took a class. It was a uh, yeah. But oh, I thought you were drawing pictures. No, like no, we would do like like film sketches. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. If no, it's not. cool. I was just picturing you drawing sexual psychology. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that sounds pornographic. This is how you manipulate a woman. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then, how do the, how do the parents respond to like the comedy? Oh, they, I mean, you know, it's. Dad wasn't always supportive, and mm-hmm. yes, I am black, and I know my father. You're welcome. <laughs> uh, he wasn't always supportive of it because you know, obviously, it's not a uh, there's no safety net with stand-up comedy, you know, or show business in general. It's a uh, it's a very hard thing to break into. Um, so he was like, you need to just go to the military, go to college. You know, you got you have to have a, a fallback plan because I don't know if this is gonna work out. And then mom was always like, do whatever you want, man. I right. love you. Mm-hmm. So she was always there and good. And then you know, like you know, things were start happening here and there. And then when this thing took off, then that's when Pops was like, oh, this is what's up. You got it, kid. <laughs> <laughs> and he loves it, man, because, you know, he, he comes from that the dozens days. Oh, okay, so yeah. he gets it. Yeah, he loves it. Yeah, that's I guess it's nostalgic. Like, it, mm-hmm. it kind of transcends generations because Word. it is like, it, I mean, it's an old school idea, but it has a new school spin. That yeah. The energy is crazy, man. Crazy. It's clearly inspired. I, I think that's what everybody loves so much about is the energy. You don't really see the energy that the battle chant, everybody's into it. Everybody's into it. I mean, literally everybody's into it. I mean, industry's into it, you know, and if you know, I guess people don't know what that means, but the showbiz industry, when they come to shows like agents, managers or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, they don't like to laugh. You know what I mean? Like they're, that is their thing. It's almost like it's a, a rite of passage. When they get to a, in a room, there's comedy happening. They, they sit there stone faced, don't laugh at you because they don't want people to think that they're, you know, anybody's funny. But in this show, they're actually cheering along, slapping the rails, you know what I mean? Doing the battle chant. So it's, yeah, it's, it's nuts. It's the place to be, man. Energy's crazy. There's a lot of comics that listen to this, mm-hmm. and you had mentioned kind of climbing through the ranks of like the comedy store. Right. I'd be kind of more interested hearing that whole process because it's kind of mysterious. The comedy store process yeah. is mysterious because um, at the comedy cellar, from what I hear, it's like you have to get four recommendations, and uh, at the comedy store, there's just one talent booker who says yay or nay. You know, when I got there, it was uh, that dude. The dude I was telling you guys about earlier. His name's Tommy, or his name is Tommy. He's not there anymore. Uh, but he, when he was there, it, uh, he didn't hire me. It was the marketing director and the, man, the GM at the store at the time. They told me to move up to L.A. because they were looking for guys like me, basically. Because uh, they'd see me do a set down there, and they're like, oh, that's great. Why don't you move to L.A.? I was like, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so I get to L.A., and then my world's just like, you know, it's upside down when I get up there because it's so much more fast-paced than San Diego, you know. There's really only two markets in comedy, I'd say. It's New York and Los Angeles, you know, because there's so many places to get up in both places, you know, and that's where everybody is as far as show business or stand-up is concerned. Um, 
So when I got there, it was almost it's definitely starting over. And uh, the process to getting at the comedy store is uh, you have to have that guy say, yes, you're good enough now to be a friends and family. What that means is mm. after you do the open mic, uh, they give you they start giving you spots in uh, the other rooms they have. There's three rooms, the original room, the most famous room. I see it's about 150. Uh, there's the main room, which is about 300 or 400. And then you have the belly room, which is upstairs. And I see it's about 100 people. Uh, so, yeah, they start giving you spots in, you know, some of the rooms. And then finally, when you, they're like, you know what? You're a made man. It's like, it's like being in the mob. It's like, yeah, you're a made man. Now you can get your paid spots. You can get your $15 a night at one in the morning <laughs> <laughs> in front of nobody. But uh, it, makes you, you, it makes you feel good, man, when uh-huh. you actually get, you know, become a made man. I guess if I'm talking to mobsters, yeah, it feels good. And they let you do stuff like produce your own show. Yeah. Yeah, they do. That's a good thing. I mean, I was also working there. So, I mean, I, I, got, I got the opportunity before I got passed. Okay, um, you're a doorman? Yeah, yeah, I was a door guy. Oh, okay. I was a door guy there. I mean, but there's, I mean that, that place is an institution. I mean, if no, if no one knows the history of the comedy store, it's like uh, Saturday Night Live in a sense where a lot of famous guys used to work there and now are now famous, like Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. <laughs> Mark Marin, Sam Kinison, uh, Bobby Lee, John Caparulo, Steve Ranazizi. Uh, fuck, man, who else? Richard Pryor, I mean, he, he, he basically reinvented himself there. Or he reinvented, he reinvented himself in, in, uh, in San Francisco and then moved down to, to L.A. And that's where, like, he became Richard Pryor. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, Freddie Prince used to work there. I can't, I mean, there's just so many Brian guys. Moses. Brian Moses. <laughs> yeah. When that's you want to get a show there, does that go all the way to Mitzi? Like, are you like, yeah. you have you just talk to her? No, no, to, no. To there's, the queen? Like, no, I mean she's a little she's incoherent the the now. I mean she's oh. still alive. She just had a birthday actually. Oh, okay. Last, yeah, a couple Sundays ago. And uh, no, I mean by the time I met Mitzi, she was already you know out of it. She's got Parkinson's. She's really you know she's definitely past her prime. She's in her eighties. You know? Oh, okay. But uh, yeah, I think um, they still showcase sometimes though, uh, and uh, they 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 give her the tapes, so they you know that way she feels like she's still kind of involved. But for the most part, it's it's the uh, the Shore family kind of runs that place. Well, how DIY comedy is now? Mm-hmm. Like, have you have you heard of the Setlist show? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I um. It's my buddy Troy Conrad. Yeah, Troy yeah. Conrad, amazing photographer. Absolutely. No, Paul Provenza. Yeah. Who uh, I interviewed. I'm supposed to interview Troy today, actually. Oh, that's awesome. And uh, I interviewed Paul when they were in in Atlanta for the yeah. Laughing Skull Fest, and just talking about the Setlist, kind of like with uh, the roast battle. I mean, it was almost just an inspired right. show. And there's no real name behind it. Right. But it's it just had the, I guess, the emotional backing or whatever. And it seems like the, the trend has been, okay, to get a show on TV, you got to have some sort of heat mm-hmm. behind it first off for, like, the network to be like, okay, we can attach to this and right. promote it this way. But maybe the new wave is, like, just having a, a super unique idea. Right. And but also I guess in the flip side is you guys had a following before Comedy Central and they're like all right we'll just hop on this yeah. as well. Well, it's also yeah we have Jeff Ross attached and that always helps because that's their that's their boy. Yeah, so. that is true. Well, one thing I uh, I ask on here, I always ask comedians like a story of getting booed mm-hmm. because like I mean in Atlanta especially like there's Uptown Comedy Corner which is known oh, for I've heard. booing. I've <laughs> oh, heard. you've heard of that? I've heard. It's, it's the <laughs> Urban Club. It's great. I've heard. <laughs> have you been to Atlanta before? I have not never to perform. But I've oh, been. you gotta come out, man. Yeah. You mentioned L.A. New York. Oh, I take Atlanta. it back. I have performed in Atlanta. The Atlanta Improv. Okay. Yeah, that was two years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah in Buckhead, right? Yeah, it is in Buckhead. Yeah, yeah uppity. Yes, uppity. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> the only black population there. 
but there's a uh, I always ask comedians of a boo story mm-hmm. and this could not necessarily then have to be your boo story. It mm-hmm. could be maybe a story of something that happened at roast battle, okay. but just something that's happened either at the battle or in your career that just like a rock bottom. Like, oh man, there's so many. Uh, <laughs> that's what everybody says. Gosh, it's like oh, I've bombed so much. Like, let me see. Let me think of a, a really really good one. Um, it was 2000 Eight-ish, maybe? Mm-hmm. It's before Obama becomes president, and this is... There's fires in San Diego, so there's wildfires in San Diego, California. Um, it's a thing that happens. Like, there's these things called Santa Ana winds, and they kind of just... They kind of ignite the uh, the brush. Anyway, the town's on fire, so people are evacuating, and people are, you know, people's houses are burning down. You're talking about maybe 500,000 people are, like, you know, maybe losing their houses in a certain part of uh, San Diego. So they are all, they're all evacuated to uh, the stadium, which is uh, where the Chargers play, Qualcomm Stadium. So <laughs> a dude who started out comedy with us uh, was like, you know what? We're just going to go there and we're going to make him laugh. And I'm like, all right, man, I mean, if you can make it happen, we'll do it. He does it. He says, like, all right, we're there. It's, the stadium said, cool, we can go. We can we can be in the stadium. I was like, we're going to perform Qualcomm Stadium? That's awesome. Not thinking of people just lost their fucking houses and lives. You know what I mean? All they have is, you know, their children and their suitcases of, like, you know, belongings, <laughs> their belongings. Just in case the fire happens, this is our emergency things. They're depressed. They're miserable. You know what I mean? And we're like, we're brand new comics, you know what I mean? Like maybe right. seven, nine months in, and we're just like, you know, because when you're that month, <laughs> when you get asked to a stadium and you're seven, nine months in, your ego was just like, of course I'm getting asked. Yeah. <laughs> Better than all these other guys. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, I, we go there and it's, I get there, I'm like, oh, it's going to be in the stadium. It's going to be sick. Yeah. And it's literally outside the stadium. I'm like, parking lot, who knows what it is, away from all the people. It's outside. It's literally in front of all the, uh, the volunteers and it's just the worst thing ever because like the actual survivors who are walking by they're just like what are you guys doing we lost our homes oh my gosh yeah and the guy who did the best was this street magician named (laughs) named the trash man (laughs) we all bombed our faces off literally standing on a soapbox bombing our faces off and then that guy comes through and just like starts like doing magic tricks and balloon animals just doing street jokes and was crushing yeah i mean god yeah, that was my that was the worst that was one of the worst times of my career. I was just like, I don't know, I I'll never do this again and I'll know better to not perform in front of fucking refugees. Do you remember the, some of the material you were trying to do? Yeah. It was uh it was dark. Yeah, 7 yeah. months in. Yeah, of yeah. course. It was like, yeah, cuz I don't want to be a hack. I'm just like, I'm going to do the darkest stuff, abortion and slavery material. So I was doing that. <laughs> People with wildfires. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah that, that's certainly sufficient, man. Thank you. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for doing this. Joe, I got to say, thank you, you are. I, I mean, this is you're you're at the helm of the pretty much the hottest show in the world right now. I mean, everybody's Fuck. talking about this show when you're walking around the festival. I mean, mm-hmm. you just overhear people say, did you go to roast battle? And like, oh, I couldn't get in like celebrities like. Right. I mean, I'm not going to say anybody, but like, right. there are celebrities talking about they couldn't get yeah. into the roast battle. So yeah, security. It's Fort Knox this year. You can't get in. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wristbands. And even if you have a wristband, they like right. check it. They're like, did you color it yourself? Exactly. Like, yeah. they're not messing around. <laughs> yeah. Dude. Like, what Thanks, is. Thanks, ISIS. <laughs> but yeah, but really, thank you because it's yeah. very insulated and you're, the, you're kind of the dude, man. You're the host. Yeah. It's, I don't know. Yeah. What's, um, what's, what's the long term goal with this? Uh, to make it a league. 
Ooh, I think okay. I think that's cool. If we can make it the league, you know, like and make it an actual sport, you know, like that movie Basketball when they actually, you know, made this fake league. But mm-hmm. this is going to be real. I think if we can make a league out of this, that's kind of remember when the Anwin mixtape did that thing, you know, they started going around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like that could be us, you know, like there'll be an Atlanta team. There'll be, a, you know, a New York team, an L.A. team, you know, a Seattle team or whatever team, Austin. Uh, but I think that's the next move, hopefully, is making it a league. And yeah. So did, did you have a timeline? Because all this, all this up to now, you, you, it starts off as, you know, preventing people fighting, mm-hmm. you know, on a random open mic night. Three or, years later, it's now a hit Comedy Central show. Yeah. Slash Is just, it a hit? Who's seen the ratings? <laughs> dude, it's been, I remember Miss um, Pat. Yeah. Uh, like when they just filmed, they just showed clips before yeah. they aired it or whatever, you know. And she said her Twitter was blowing up. Really? With people just like, oh, you're so funny on there. And then when yeah. it aired, they're like, oh, you should have won and all this. Lord, like, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Twitter's going nuts about it. That's cool. It's, I, I mean, it's. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it is a hit. Okay. It is a hit. This is coming from somebody completely not in television, <laughs> with zero perspective on Thank anything. Thank you, Joel Byers. <laughs> yeah. Like Nielsen's oh, we got the hot breath bump. We're <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna be all right. Yeah. Well, that's awesome, man. Before we get out of here, is there anything else you want the world to know? Uh, yeah. Uh, Wild Now comes out the week after this. Uh, I wrote on that for this season, so check out Wild Now. Oh, snap. And, uh, you know, just keep watching Roast Battle. You know, we're on, we have a live to air broadcast with Sarah Silverman and Jed Apatow, uh, Sunday, July 31st. We've never done live TV before. We do it live every Tuesday in the belly room at the Comedy Store. Uh, so we'll see what happens. But after that, we're definitely going to be doing it every Tuesday at the Comedy Store. So come see us. I'm at Race Banding on on twitter brian moses on facebook rose at rose battle you can add you know facebook rose battle whatever the Mm -hmm. fuck you want to do just you can find us well uh brian moses thank you so much for your time man thank you man. good luck man i love you i love you it's all love man that's roast (laughs) hot breath (laughs) (laughs) there it is there it was welcome back thank you for tuning in before you run away please If you enjoyed this episode, let me know on iTunes. You're already on there. Just click over to rate and review. Even just clicking five stars really does help in getting us on a more national level as far as exposure. Your vote really does count, as we say here at the Hot Breath of Verse. And if you are a newly hot brethren and sisterin, I could also suggest you going over to Comedy Binge. That is the world's first online comedy festival. And they have a promo code. Hot breath, you get five bucks off registration. Registration ends at the end of August, so you definitely want to take advantage of this opportunity. The festival is going to be October 29th, and it's the first online comedy festival. It's headlined by Comedy Central, NBC alum, Hot Breath alum, Rob Hayes. But this festival was really created to give the comedians a direct contact to industry and bookers. So this is really created for comedians by a comedian. So go over to ComedyBinge.co, promo code HOTBREATH, get five bucks off. So whether you're a new or old comedian, just hop aboard that festival. And whether you're a new or old comedian, you could hop aboard my comedy class. While there's still time, of course, we are down to two spots left for my next round that starts up on August 21st. But if you go to HighWireComedy.com or, of course, JoelByersComedy.com, you could register for class today. It's over at Highwire Comedy Company. I don't know if you heard of that, but we're about to move into a 7,000-square-foot uh, comedy complex. We call ourselves the Hogwarts of Comedy, but we also teach stand-up and sketch as well. So we've got all your 
it really everything comedy all at one stop. So highwirecomedy.com. Or if you like more info, joelbyerscomedy.com. My social media is at joelbyerscomedy. Social media for Hot Breath is at Hot Breath Pod. We're on all of them. Facebook, whatever. Drop us a like. If you like this episode, really an iTunes review. We've been uh, at 109 for a couple weeks now. So be that 110th review and get you a special gift. Ooh, gift. Yeah. Be the 110th review and find out what it is. Thank you so much, of course, to also my engineer, crystal clear engineer, Amon Garner. A lot of people have been asking how the episode sounds so well. Amon Garner. Hit him up on Facebook, Amon Garner. Let him take care of your audio needs. I know a lot of people out there have had him help with live shows as well as their own podcasts. And, uh, of course, my theme song. By my lovely fiance, Aaron Rogers, at Aaron A. Rogers on social media. So thank you to them. Thank you to you. Thank you to Brian. And thank you to me. Thanks me for committing hours on end to these episodes. Only asking in return. People spend a measly minute or two at the most going to iTunes and clicking a button of five stars just to let the world know that Hot Breath is here to stay. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. I'm going to go there. That is my exit. I am going to dismount with a thank you to all out there in the hot breath of us. And until next Monday, I will see you right here on Hot Breath. <gasps> Dude, thank, thank you, man. The fact that I just hit you up on Twitter. Yeah. Because I, I saw, um, I went and watched Barry Katz's podcast. Yeah. And he was, um, he, I watched him being interviewed by uh, Ron Bennington. Oh, sure. And he, he was talking about how he interviewed Howie Mandel and was like, yeah, I just asked him. And he said, yeah. And I was like, well, let me just hit up the guy yeah. who's on kind of the face of it. You yeah. Know? Well, you hit me up on Facebook like a long time ago, so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, you just hit me up, man. I'm, I'm, I'm so accessible. It's almost you a phone. Are, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know the craziest messages right now from people? I can only imagine. Fuck yeah, I can only imagine. <laughs> like, who are you, people? Yeah, definitely. I'm gonna get Troy. I don't. Do you think this is something Jeff would do? Absolutely. Hot breath.